Um, it's been really a cool, uh, awesome Thanksgiving for us. We were able to go up and spend time with Leah, and we actually, for the first time in about eight or ten years, eight or nine years, the, her family, her whole extended dad side of the family came down. So just really cool. Um, <laughs> and I never hardly ever read Facebook. I wanted to start out with these. Uh, Sharon, on Sharon's Facebook, she posted, just be careful what you post on Facebook. It might get up for the sermon, anal- sermon announce- analogies, but I love these things. I just had to start out because they're funny, and I know I'm even short on time, but I, I feel like they were just hilarious. These are ki- Thanksgiving from a kindergartner's perspective, all right? Uh, this one, uh, Charlie said, the Mayflower traveled 40 days, and one man looked out with a stethoscope and said, land ho. They suddenly landed on ground. Then the pilgrims harvested fruits and vegetables. The pilgrim children helped dig for crabs and played games with the Indians. They feasted for five winters. That was amazing. <laughs> I love that. Corey said, a long time ago, the pilgrims builded some houses on the shore of America, but first they sailed to America. They made rules like don't throw things, don't interrupt, don't push in line. Then they had a big party to celebrate Thanksgiving. It was a good time. <laughs> I love this. A long time ago, the pilgrims and Indians had a feast. A feast is a special dinner to celebrate God's birthday. They dug in the garden. They dug in the garden to get food like corn, turkey, lettuce, <laughs> carrots, and deer. <laughs> they, they prayed, thank you for this dinner. Thank you for this day. <laughs> thank you for our friends, the Indians that could join us. And thank you for our new home. Uh, a long time ago, the pilgrims and Indians and pilgrims played games like squat tag, but only on sunny days. At 12, they would go inside and eat supper. They would eat corn, green beans, tomatoes, and ice cream. <laughs> this was for Thanksgiving. Oh, and they also ate turkey. Then at 8, they went to bed. In the morning, they would eat Cheerios and corn pops. <laughs> then the Indians would wake up and eat scrambled eggs. <laughs> I love it. That day, that made up a new game where they would hide corn and the pilgrims would find it. It was a great time. <laughs> I love it from a, from a child's perspective, Thanksgiving. I hope you guys had a Thanksgiving. I hope you got over your uh, food comas. And um, I was going to do a little, if I, had, if I had time, I was going to uh, see how many Thanksgiving dinners each one of you had and see who had the most. But we won't go there. We won't have time. Um, really quick, I, w- I really wanted to talk about something, um, you know, because we're going to be going into kind of a theme for Christmas is the light of the world. And so we're going to be going into that maybe over the next three to four weeks. We're going to be spending some time on that. And I, but I felt like this week we can't leave this discussion this, that we've been having about abundance. And really, the Lord highlighted, when I was speaking a couple of weeks ago, the Lord just highlighted this scripture in Second Peter. We've been on Second Peter 1, 3, and we've kind of focused on that scripture and I, I kind of went down a few more scriptures when I had, but I didn't have time to really develop it or really talk about it. And I felt like the Lord just said, "You just need to spend a, a minute on it uh, this morning." And so I, f- I really believe that the Lord is gonna just wants to really speak and life into this verse for us. And it's t- it's talking about this area of God's glory and excellence and His abundance and how it's released, the keys to release that into our lives. Um, and, and I felt like the Lord highlighted a, a phrase in there, and it's, if these are yours, if these are yours, and if they are increasing. And we're going to get to that verse, and it's kind of like a cliffhanger. I'm going to leave that with you, and then we're going to talk about it here in just a second. 
But it's kind of interesting. I'm going to go to 2 Peter 1.12. You can go ahead and flip through. Uh, I think the first couple things, you know, I had were just about last couple weeks, but we're not going to review those. Uh, But really, the 2 Peter 1 passage, I'm going to start at the end of the passage. Because sometimes, you know, when you ever seen a movie where they start at the end and they do like this little scenario and then they, um, I think even Saving Private Ryan might have been that way. He started at the end in this scene and then they replayed the whole movie all the way back through. And so why? Because you needed to get the first part, you needed to get the end before you understood the significance of the rest of the movie, right? And so if you don't get the significance of this passage in 112 through 15, you, probably, you might not even get the fullness of the significance of the first nine scriptures. So look at this. It says, this is Peter. And this is, he's writing 2 Peter, and, and, and he's writing it, and he's about to go somewhere because he knows it. It says, therefore, I will always be ready to remind you of these things, even though you've already know them, even they've already been established, uh, sorry, and have been established in the truth, was just present in you. I consider it right as long as I am in this earthly dwelling to stir you up in a way of reminder. So he's like, the things that I just shared, I just stirred you up, okay? Why is he stirring them up? Because he says, knowing that laying, the laying aside of my earthly dwelling, earthly dwelling is imminent. Also, our Lord Jesus Christ has made clear to me, and I will also be diligent that at any time after my departure, you will be able to call these things to mind. So what's he, going, what's he doing? He's, he's already understood, stands that the Lord's saying, you're about to what? Go on to be with him. You're about to die. Now, I don't know if you guys know, but when you're about to die, typically, I know I, you see all those scenes in movies, typically the last scene of the movie, the person's like saying all the stuff that is really important in life, right? Like, these are the most important things. Like, don't, don't forsake your family. Don't, don't do what I did and just waste my life on this. Do that, you know? So what he's saying is like, I'm about to die, and I'm going to give you something really important. The things I just gave you are something really important. And I felt like the Lord just wanted to highlight these nine scriptures real quick. And that's all we're going to be talking about today. Really, these nine scriptures, right before this in verses 3 through 9, or 3 through 11, sorry. And so, you know, that's the scene. So he kind of, I wanted to get you that scene before you go to hear about these other scriptures. Now, uh, you know, there's a reality that, you know, when you're, again, when you're about ready to die, you start thinking of the things that are important, right? You start making the, you want to get to the bucket list of life. And that's what Peter's doing. He's saying, if he's going to make a bucket list, he just, he just gave it to you. I just gave you. And, um, but it, it's kind of interesting. Um, uh, we, uh, I wanted to give you a testimony from this past week because uh, I, I would, if I had time too, I was going to ask if anybody had testimonies of, because we, we, at the end of the service last week, we talked about, you know, areas of excellence, areas of blessing, and areas of thanksgiving, and um, so, you know, I was, I was funny, I was just, we were just kind of practicing those over the weekend, we were just encouraging each other, well, the girls and I went out to, you know, do some shopping right before Thanksgiving dinner, because there was about two hours, so we were like, well, let's just go. I don't really like the fact that everything's open on Thanksgiving, but we went in anyway, and, you know, just forsook that. We just went anyway, because you had to get those little cards. So we went to JCPenney, got the fr- little freebies, 10, by 10, 10, 10 off 10s. You know, that's, you know me. You had to get those 10 off 10s, and they all got something free and, or got something cheap. And, and, um, and 
then we went a few other places, and then we were we were about ready to go home because Leah said, you know, dinner was at 4.15, which it not, it ended up not being until 5, but it was a good thing. But right at 4, Belk opened, so I was like, come on, girls, we'll go get the Belk because Belk was giving out free gift cards, right? And, and so they were like, gosh, come on, Dad. Like, really? We got to do this? And I was like, come on, where's your, let's bless this card. Like, let's bless this. And Thanksgiving, this is, somebody's giving us for, for some free money, right? So you can get these cards from $5 all the way up to, I don't know how much they went to, maybe, but that, yeah, I don't know what they went, JCB went up to. But, you know, in each, they say at each business, they give out like a $100 card and a $500 card, so, but most of them are just $5, so. I was like, well, we, this is just bless it. Y'all need to bless it. They, they, so I drug them, drug them to the line. We went all the way through. Well, we get home because we, we didn't really understand how you, the, the thing is that when we got home, we scratched it off, and mine was five, Kaylee's was five, and Kenzie's was a $100 gift card. I was like, there we go. He's <laughs> like, come on. So you speak blessing, Thanksgiving. Come on. You thank God for the things that even before you get them. And, uh, but it was just funny. It was a funny little testimony of even my, my, my thought. But even as we're going in this, we've come out of the season, going from Thanksgiving to Christmas, you know, even in this thing, I want to just set this process up that God wants to take us back through uh, from first, uh, the first nine scriptures in this thing. All right, so what is Peter so adamant that he would say, hey, I want to remind you, I want to stir you up in these, these nine scriptures? Well, we've already talked about this. Uh, this is actually Second Peter 1.3. That's the wrong, wrong thing on there. But seeing that his divine power has granted to us everything pertaining to life and godliness. If you have your thing, uh, your handout, I just put a quick little uh, process, the process that God takes us through. So all of a sudden, Peter wants to take us through this process. Seeing that his divine power has given you what? Everything, everything pertaining to life and godliness. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about how, you know, I used to think that God, I always had to go out and get godliness. I had to, like, read a bunch of scriptures. I had to memorize a bunch. I had to do a lot of good things, and godliness then would be attributed to me. Godliness is something that God gives from the inside out. Like, he's already given it to you. God is empowering you to get it to be released in you. And, and, I, and, I, and I started realizing that God has already given me everything pertaining to life and godliness. Now, the problem is, is that I get everything pertaining to life and godliness. What's it released through? Through the true knowledge of him, right? Because there was fa facets of when I, when I came into the kingdom, I had a knowledge of God, but I didn't have a true knowledge of God. Anybody testify to that? Man, like, I came in thinking God didn't even like me. Is that true knowledge of God? I don't think so. But I came in with this facet that I believe that God didn't even like me. And there's a reality that the true knowledge of God came when he spoke, Mitch, I like you. Like, that's a whole testament I've given it before. I don't even have time to go there. But I like you, Mitch. And so that true knowledge released something in me that day that I still walk in today. You know, that's get, it's released through the true knowledge of him who called us to what? Glory. To his glory and excellence. All right. He called us to who he is. And he called us to how he does things, how he walks. You get to walk how he walks. You get to speak how he speaks. You get to declare how he declares. That's the cool part of that. I mean, he's invited us into that. He called us to it. And so there's a reality of that. And so, so that's the first, first three things. In that one passage, God's called us, you know, taking us, giving us everything pertaining to life and godliness, releases it through the true knowledge of him, 
The only way you get to know somebody is what? Walk with them. Spend time with them. Be in their midst. Begin to go from glory to glory. And then he called us to his glory and excellence. So go on to the next passage. He called us, his glory and excellence now release something else. This is just the same passage. For by these, by these glory, the glory and excellence, he has granted to us precious and magnificent, what? Promises. All right? And we don't have time. I'm going to flip through the next two screens because I don't have time to even, I was going to hit a couple things on, pass, on promises. But because of the promises, look at the, verse, the next part of that verse. So that by his promises, now I get to do what? Enter into his divine nature. Anybody want to be like God? I mean, you don't have to, you don't have to shy away from that. I mean, at least four people in here want it, right? I mean, that's great. That's good, I guess, if you have some people that want to be like him. But he's, he's asking you, to, he's inviting you to participate in his divine nature. Do you know that it's divine nature means God-likeness? Like you're supposed to be, look, act, declare, speak, perform, act like God, right? His God-likeness. And so that, those five, that five progressions is just in two verses, what God has given us, that process. Now, the reality is, is that I want to represent that divine nature. I mean, I want to be in that place of walking in that. Well, he's going to release something into the next passage is how, how, well, how am I going to invest? Anybody want to invest into something that's really good? Anybody, if, if, you, if anybody knew Amazon was going to take off like it did, anybody going to be, I mean, if you knew that a stock was going to be worth $1,000 when it was 20, would you invest in it? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> five, six people, six good investors in here, right? You would want that, right? I mean, your inve initial investment could be, you'd be making, it'd be worth over a million. So the reality is, is that God's going to give us something in relationship to invest, all right? We're going to look at this, two scriptures, three scriptures, five, six, and seven. The investment, uh, I'm probably skipping all sorts of nice little things I was wanting to say. Let me just make sure. Mm -hmm. um, all right. Yep, that's it. All right, so going to this. So 2 Peter 1, 5 starts out this. Now, for this very reason reason applying all diligence okay so he's saying that for the re reasons i just stated above all these all this progression of these five awesome things to actually become to a place where you're experiencing the divine nature of christ for this reason for that reason i need you to apply some diligence there's a facet of what is your responsibility our responsibility as believers he's saying i want you to apply diligence now the reality of diligence it's just this uh, facet of, of, you know, continuing to d walk in things even when it's not popular or when it's not easy or when it's, I mean, diligence is that facet that gets us over, you know, when things are hard or when I think need to persevere. Uh, I love uh, these two scriptures I included in here, Proverbs 4, 23, watch over your heart with all diligence for fr from it flow the springs of life. And even in Hebrews 6, we desire that each of you show the same diligence so as to realize the full assurance of hope until the end. That's what we were doing this morning. We were diligently saying, we're going to listen to the Lord. We're going to hear him. And now I need to, God wants to speak some hope into the, into the atmosphere. And that's, what, that's why we took some time to do that. Um, if you remember, uh, there's a really cool movie out called Greater 
Uh, there's a guy named Brandon Burlesworth. If you want to see a guy that's excellent in diligence and, and walked in diligence, walk with, I mean, wa- watch that movie. Uh, it's, it's an awesome movie about how a guy that said that he would never play a down uh, football actually became uh, Peyton, was going to be a, uh, a lineman for Peyton Manning behind in the Indianapolis Colts. It was just an awesome testimony. But it was a great uh, reality of diligence. Diligence is doing the right, true, lovely, honorable, pure, and good things that we talked about a couple weeks ago, even while no one is watching, when no one gets glory other than God, when I don't feel like it, when there are multiple other good things to do, but I do the God thing that is before me. That's diligence. That's walking in that place. It, it was, as, as I was studying, it's used to describe the way that Olympic, act, Olympic athletes give it all they have as they approach the tape. Paul uses this image in Colossians. It's the, uh, it's the opposite of just passing and killing time. It's putting your whole heart into something that you're doing. Diligence. And so with all diligence, God's saying, that's what I want you to... In everything that, we, that I talk about from this point on, apply diligence. Okay? So the next thing he starts saying, speaking is going... Oh, going back. The strategy of life. He's going to give us strategy. Uh, seven strategies. And Tuli, if I can grab those chairs, I just want him to, he's going to help me set up a real quick illustration uh, as we go through this. He's going to, I really want to speak some things in relationship to each of these. Um, And here's the things. Oops, sorry. All right, I'll do that. Um, I got my awesome Wesley daughter to put things on here. Um, Yep, thanks. Um, it says, this, the, the strategy of life, is, and this is verse uh, seven, uh, 6 and 7, in your faith, he said, in diligence, I want you to apply something to your faith, okay? Faith is going to be the groundwork of everything. It's the foundation of what you do, walk in, all right? What am I going to need to add to my faith? You know, what am I going to supply to my faith, all right? This is the, the, the crux of this the scripture is, is talking about these seven things that God is saying, uh, declaring of um, faith. Because you see, our faith has to be able to have a place of excellence. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to apply excellence to it. All right, so go ahead and flip that. Yeah. Now, excellence. Um, I, I want to read this. Excellent. Uh, you see, our faith has to be able to have a place of excellence where my life looks like the life of Jesus, or else it will end up looking shabby and misplaced. I want to operate in excellence in the areas that Jesus walked in. Um, what were those? He was a man of excellence in healing, right? He was a man of excellence in restoration and excellence in salvation. He, ex- he was excellence in freedom and deliverance. He was excellent in the word and in faith, excellent in showing the world who the Father was. He was excellent in bringing heaven to earth. That's what God, Jesus applied to his faith. Like, that's what he wants us to apply to our faith, excellence. We've talked about that the last, uh, I spoke about it two weeks ago, so I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on that. But what was he going to add to his excellence? To his excellence, he's going to add what? Knowledge, Right? Um, 
You see, our excellence has to have a place of knowledge, knowing him, or else it becomes religion. It just becomes a show. Uh, there has to be a place that I have true knowledge of him so that I can re represent him and declare him as, as he is to a world that doesn't know what he looks like. All right? Not out of a head knowledge or out of a book knowledge, but out of a true knowledge of who he is, having the pure mind of Christ, that I know his truth and I know his will, that I know his heart. All right? We're going to keep stacking. We're going to keep supplying to our faith. What are you going to apply that next? See, our knowledge has to have self-control. You know, I always love how God throws things in there. I mean, there's no accident to any of these that he puts in here. You see, our knowledge has to have self-control. There's a reality of, you. Uh, sorry, this is the reality of you know the right thing to do, but when you don't do it, it's, it's walking in that place of missing the mark. We have to supply self-control to knowing his heart or else we'll start well and look good for a season, but at the end it'll be a mess. You, if you think about all the Old Testament kings, they, they, a lot of them walked in this. I mean, if you, if you uh, walk through the kings of the Old Testament, many of them started out doing, it says, you know, they walked right in the sight of the Lord, but if you walk and watch at the end of their life, they didn't make it. They didn't make it. Jared, you know, he's not here, but he, he's been reading a book called God's Generals. There's a lot of incredible kingdom men and women that have walked in incredible power, but because they didn't exercise, add this self-control, at the end, they didn't make it. Like, they didn't make it. So God wants us to walk in these facets so that we can make it, that our life and our tes the testimony that we have uh, makes it to the end. Um, and so uh, they... They started out, and we're called to finish well. We're called to finish the race that is set before us. All right? So what do you add to self-control? You add perseverance. Man, we got to get excellence back up there. All right. <laughs> Keep going. All right. Uh, see, our self-control has to have perseverance because it's a long road. If anybody thinks it's just going to be a, a quick, easy road, well, that, it's gotta, we got to add perseverance to our faith because it's a road that has victory written all over, but sometimes it takes seasons to get to that victory, walk that victory out. Remember the scripture uh, progression in Romans. It says, we exalt in our tribulation knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, but perseverance brings about what? Character, provenness, and provenness brings about hope, and hope does not disappoint. That's why we, we were talking about that today. Hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. You see, we need to be a people of hope. How do you become a people of hope? You persevere. You add perseverance. The ability to pursue God's will in spite of adversity. All right? So what do you add to knowledge? I'm sorry, what do you add to, um, what did I just say, perseverance? You add godliness. Why do you need godliness? Because I don't know about you all, but uh, sometimes when you're in the season of persevering, I don't always act very godly in those times. <laughs> you, ever, you ever had to go through the season of persevering and, you, and people are like, um, man, people should just leave you alone, right? We need godliness to our persevering. Like we need to look like God even as we are going through hard times, right? I mean, it, it's... It's not a crazy testimony if I just persevere and I, I look like the world or, or people are just tormented to death around me, right? Because God wants to bring this facet of, of uh, godliness into our life. 
Um, you think about the difference between Peter in his midst of persevering. He was supposed to persevere, right? You know, but all of a sudden, when, <laughs> when, uh, when all of a sudden Jesus is going to the cross, he's out like cussing to the, you know, slave girls, you know, and he ends up falling and then going back and, and, and going fishing again. Versus like a Joseph, when he went to it through a trial, he kept persevering and what? God kept exalting him. You know, God kept, he kept his godliness through the perseverance and God kept exalting him, right? It's, it's when we persevere and get victory, everyone knows the victory is from him because we represented him in that season of persevering. We actually looked like exactly like him, not in ant- religiousness or anti-religiousness. And then the last thing, or second to last thing, I need to add what? You know, th- I love this one was because <laughs> sometimes, sometimes we could have gotten through all of this without anybody else being in the picture. But you ever remember, yeah, I always think about that, that statement in relationship to, um, uh, the, you know, when if I could, I could easily be a Christian if it weren't for people. You ever like that? <laughs> right? I, it, the reality is that I need to be able to show brotherly kindness in this process. I need to be able to, even if I'm taking tough love, even if I'm trying to show it and I'm going to stand my ground, man, you better show brotherly kindness in that process because God's loving kindness is better than what? Life. If you want to give something that's better than life, give some kindness. Give God's loving kindness, his brotherly kindness. And the last one is what? Love. All right, think about that, right? Love never fails. Love always wins. It covers a multitude of sins. All right, so the reality is is that I wanted to show this because this is what our faith is supposed to look like, right? Big, like tall, like strong. You're going to have to apply these things. Now, the the reality is is that the next statement is kind of where I want to go, and we're actually going to have to go there and then close, really, because I don't have a lot of time to develop it. But it says, if these qualities are yours and are increasing they will do something, okay? If these are yours and increasing, go ahead and flip through the next couple of slides. If these are yours, keep going, keep going, keep going. They will do two things. They will render you what? Neither useless, which I don't really like that word because sometimes you think, you know, yeah, it's just not a great word. It's really inactive, unemployed, idle, slow. They will rend- if, you are, if these things are yours and they're increasing, they will render you use, neither useless or unfruitful. Anybody want to be use, uh, anybody want to be not idle, not not uh, unemployed? Anybody want to be uh, not without fruit? You get those not nots, right? I, mean, I want to be fruitful. Amen. I want to be in this place of being active in the faith, uh, in the true knowledge of God. Look what else it goes. Go on to the next one. Look what else it does. Of course, it says if you lack these qualities, if these things are not going into your heart and life, um, what are you? You're going to be short-sighted. Like you're not going to be able to see very far down the road. God wants you to be able to see and open up our eyes to be able to see. Um, And go on to the next one. And think about this scripture. Therefore, be all the more diligent to make certain about his calling. For as long as you practice these things, What's that next statement say? Anybody not want to stumble in this place? Anybody? A couple? Come on. God has given us the remedy. If you never want to stumble, allow these to be yours. 
you know, because there was a time that, you know, I grew up in a Christian home. We went to church, but my faith was never mine, right? It was somebody else's. Even when I came up under Rick, a lot of my faith, I mean, I kind of, it was tagged onto the, the back of, of, of a strong leader. I had to make it mine. And I feel like the Lord's saying that this morning. Will you make these yours? Like, is this faith yours? Is this excellence, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, love? It's there for the receiving and the walking it out. But you got to make it yours. You got to make it yours, and then you also got to what? Allow it to increase. You know, God, the kingdom of God is never really standing still. You know, it's always increasing. I had a couple of scriptures in there. It's always increasing. The gospel is always increasing. You know, some people think that, you know, your Christianity is just going to die out at some point and God will come back. I believe that God increases. I believe the kingdom of God increases. I believe our influence as kingdom people, we can increase. And that's what God's saying. This stuff, if it's yours and if it's increasing, it renders you neither useless or unfruitful in the knowledge of God. And then the last thing it actually does is watch. Oh, so make sure you're practicing. I love that. As long as you practice these things, practice means that what? You try it out. You walk in it. You, sometimes you might you know, stumble or whatever. Get, get back up and keep walking in the, these, these uh, how many things? One, two, three, four, eight, eight things. Uh, go on to that next one there, Brandon. And it all ties back to God's abundance. I love this. The, this is the last passage. For in the, this way, the entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord Jesus will be what? Abundantly supplied to you. Now, a lot of times this can be just taken as an end, you know, uh, you know, the end of days time, you know, where you, know, you get into heaven. I just continue to believe that it, it can have that application. I just, I just choose to apply it now, though. Like the, the way into the kingdom of God, the way for you to be a kingdom man or a kingdom woman is a, abundantly supplied to you. The way into that, the entrance, how to walk that out, it says will be abundantly supplied to you. Now, sometimes you might be thinking, man, I don't see the abundance. Well, I think God's saying, begin to apply these things. Like begin, like this isn't a word that you're going to get it today and go on and be able to, no, this is like glory to glory cycle to cycle like god continue to uh, give you this place and this word of life in that and so uh, that's really just the heart uh, of today because I, I really wanted this um, this other word in relationship to abundance just to begin to really stir you up by way of reminder just like uh peter said and and, and this phrase i really believe if these are yours and if they are increasing all right if these are yours and they're increasing, think about the results of fruitfulness of that. You'll, you'll be useful, to, useful in terms of idle. You're not going to be idle. You're, you're going to be employed. You're going to be uh, going into the battle, not straying away from it. And you're going to be fruitful. I know we have a fruitful bunch in here, but I think in some ways God's saying, you need to be stirred up. Like we need to be stirred up. Like we need to be stirred up to these things. Maybe, maybe uh, your faith is great, but maybe you realize your self-control and perseverance. You've been like, ooh, maybe I had not been adding that to my, my faith. Maybe I haven't really been adding brotherly kindness. I just hadn't even been kind to people around me. You know, I need to add that to my faith. Like, that's who I am. 
It's who, it's who I am. And so I just really wanted to speak that, and I want to declare that and, and pray that over us because I feel like there's this facet that God wants to release this into us. Uh, release this in a place that you're taking it, making it your own, and it's going to increase. Like, I really believe that God wants to uh, really empower us to spiritually grow this upcoming season, this upcoming year. I really feel like it's going to be a facet of really walking in the Spirit, spiritually growing. Like, some of us, I feel like we've been, feel like you've kind of been at a stagnant place. Not like a, um, not like you're sinning, like you're not like, uh, you know, like you're not in this bad, awful place, but you feel like, like, feel like I'm stagnant in my growth. Like, I want to grow. I want to walk this thing out. Well, I'm praying that these things, if we start adding these things, it's going to produce life and growth in us. All right? Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Well, I want to, um, unless y'all, do y'all have anything you want to speak before I close? That's right. Oh, that's right. Is Brandon in here? Brandon's my brother. Can somebody go find my brother? <laughs> yeah. We're going to pray for Brandon. He's going to um, Brazil, as we spoke earlier. And, um, but I, I just want us to just stand. If somebody can, yeah, if you can play a little bit. So let's just stand. I'm going to have the prayer teams. If I can have the prayer teams come on up, that would be great. We did a lot of interaction, uh, praying for one another uh, during the middle of the service. So I feel like God's already done a really cool work. But I, I do feel like that God's saying that there's facets of these things that if you need prayer, like, I, I know my faith needs some things added to it, supplied to it, invest. I need some empowerment to invest some of these things uh, into my faith. Um, I'm just going to call and, and say you're invited to come up and get prayer for that this morning. Is uh, I just want to read this because this message is talking about faith. You know, uh, it talks about in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 2. The word they heard did not profit them because it was not united by faith. There's a lot that's happened this morning, a lot of words spoken. Mitch spoke to us, and there's a response because God's always holding out. And, you know, and also, why do we do what we do? I'm going to read you a testimony that I got just recently. It says, I really had no idea what was happening to me last night. This is a, when we had a, there was a time that we had going on here. My chest was killing me and my heart felt like it was going to beat out of my chest. After you prayed, it stopped. And today I feel amazing. <laughs> See, there's a lot that's happening. And so as God's been speaking, grab it. <laughs> Apply what Mitch is saying and it, it, into your life. Just grab it, grab it. Mm -hmm. Don't turn loose up. So I just want to pray. If you just want to, whatever you want to do, position to receive, if you want to put your hands out, if you, whatever you want to do, I just encourage you to receive this morning. Just like Rick said. Just, and I just pray right now in Jesus' name. And I know it's a quick word, but I just pray that there's a facet of it that if we grab this, Lord, you, you declare it. If we practice these things, if we walk in these things, if we will never stumble, Lord. I, I just want to be in a place where I just always look like you. Lord, if, if I'm not stumbling, I'm always looking like you. I'm always looking like your, your son, who you, your son demonstrated on this earth. And so, Lord, I just pray these aspects into our faith, Lord, that we would be investors, 
that we would be investors into our faith. Lord, this facet of excellence, God, and in, in our excellence, Lord, knowledge, and in our knowledge, self-control, and in our self-control, perseverance, and in our perseverance, godliness, and in our godliness, brotherly kindness, and in our brotherly kindness, love. And Father, if any of these places have been lacking in us, God, I pray right now, fill that place up. Fill that place up right now. Some of us have felt like, man, I, I just can't be, just haven't been having a hard time being kind to my wife or kind to people, Lord. I just pray right now you would fill them with the, lo- the love of God, the brotherly kindness of God in Jesus' name so that they can give it out. Lord, I just pray maybe just, it's been a season of persevering. It's been hard to persevere. It's been hard to press through. It's been hard to have self-control and just, just want to give up, Lord. I just pray right now in Jesus' name, fill them up, fill them up, overflowing with your just your perseverance, your heart, your truth, your goodness. And so, Lord, I just pray that over these because I believe if these are ours, if we make them ours, if we receive them as you've given them, God, and we are, allow you to increase them, God, that we will never be, we will always be uh, in a place to give. We will always be, be in a place that we're, we're walking this out in freedom and life. And so, Lord, we just ask for that, God. We want to be fruitful. We want to be fruitful people. And I believe that dwelling place is a fruitful vine. And so, Lord, I ask in Jesus' name, these things would be done. These things would be done in Jesus' name. Can we just, we're just going to pray for Brandon, God. We just, I want some other people to pray afterwards, but we just want to pray as a congregation. Lord, uh, God, we just ask in Jesus' name that as he's going to Brazil, God, that, Lord, as just signs and wonders would follow, Lord, God, just your goodness would follow him. All the days of his life, God, all the days on this trip, your goodness and loving kindness would follow him and walk with him. And Lord, so we just bless him and send him out as he's going to Brazil. In Jesus' name, protection. Give your angels charge over him. And Lord, we're just going to believe for kingdom to be released in their, in their midst, in the midst of this, this uh, mission trip, Lord. We bless him in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Lord, we just lift up their, uh, Brandon's family, we lift up Alice and the kids in Jesus' name. We just pray protection over them and give your angels charge over them. God, we just speak the, the, the blessing over them, uh, blessing and thanksgiving for them in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen, amen. All right, before you leave, I want you to say hi to somebody. Give them a high five, handshake. Come get some prayer if you need some prayer.